0: Welcome to the Do Life Better podcast, where we believe that you get to create who you are being and who you become. And it's often the smallest changes and actions that make the biggest difference. Each week, your host, Dave Jorna, will bring you the best guests, tips, and messages to inspire and help you to do life even better. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's get started.
1: Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Do Life Better podcast. I'm so grateful that you're joining me again today. And of course, I hope you are creating a great day for you and of course, for those around you. Today's episode is a chat with Steve Willis, also known as Commando Steve. That's right, from The Biggest Loser. Now, if you are someone who's ever had moments of self-doubt or what they call the imposter syndrome. That's when you're doing your thing and you have doubt, they're thinking someone else could be doing this much better than me. I'm a fraud. Why am I doing this? If you have ever found yourself craving uh, appreciation and acknowledgement and affirmation from significant people in your life, Steve's been there too. And the wisdom he shares in this chat will definitely help you, as it helped him to find a deep sense of inner peace, self-content, and self-confidence. I was greatly inspired by this chat with Steve, and I know that you will too. So I hope you enjoy today's chat with Steve Willis. Hi, Steve. Thank you very much for joining us on the Do Life Better podcast.
2: Not a problem, Dave. It's fantastic to be chatting.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. I really appreciate your time. I know that you're a very busy man, so I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. I heard recently on another podcast from the radio, in fact, that uh, you were or you auditioned for Home and Away. Now, obviously, you were on The Biggest Loser. Um, you were in the army as well, but then you ended up auditioning for Home and Away recently. I'd love to hear about that. How did that come about? How'd you go? Oh
2: gosh, I can't believe that I let that slip. Um, <laughs> it- it actually came about because one of the, um, I believe, one of the producers on Home and Away, kind of liked the role and the character that I played on The Biggest Loser, okay. and and a a role came up on Home and Away that they felt um, suited me, so they got in contact and asked me to um, to give it a go, and I was a little hesitant because uh, I've never really done any any like acting or or even acting like training or Practice or anything, right. uh, other than other than learning a few lines, you know, every now and then on uh, on on the biggest loser. And so I showed up, and uh, I had a number of people in the room, and they had a camera rolling, and I had to kind of work with another uh, actor and say a few lines back and forth. And sometimes I just um, found myself standing there, not saying anything, and everyone else just staring at me. And it was because <laughs> uh, that's backing, isn't it? It's like they said their piece, and yeah. I meant to respond. Except, yep. except um, I didn't. Yeah, I, I just, I was so out, out of my depth. And yeah. uh, it, it, it and looking back at it, it was quite a, uh, it was quite fun, and and something to be laughed at. But in the moment, you know, you get the. You get the sweats and you got that sick feeling in your stomach and it's yeah. like, oh, I hope I don't stuff this up and, <laughs> and everything. But, um, you know, it wasn't, I didn't attach to it too strongly because, you know, as much as I would have loved the role and, you know, had, had some fun with it, 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 it's not something that I've actively seek in, uh, yeah. in my life. And yeah. um, I thought if it came my way, you know, so be it. But um, it just, it didn't transpire.
1: So what was the role?
2: So the role uh, is actually for a guy um, named Robo who kind of gets washed up on the beach. It's it's okay. he, he, it's on the show at the moment. Um, I, I actually haven't watched it, but it, right. I guess it's a little Jason Bourne esque with a home and away <laughs> kind of flavour to it. So I don't uh-huh. think it's as action packed as Jason Bourne, but the, the premise is there. You know, the guy that's kind of fink and concussed or knocked out and can't remember who he is and. Kind of goes on a bit of a quest with the help of others within the show to kind of rekindle and, and gain an understanding of his background and where he's come from, and uh, yeah, with some twists and turns.
1: So you're not too devastated that you missed out, but no. maybe acting is not your calling. You know, there's, there's so many other things that you're <laughs> yeah. great at. Um, yeah. But uh, so when you froze, was it a matter of like forgetting your lines? Was it being overwhelmed by what was going on, or the cameras, or the other stars, or, or as you're saying, was it just, was it just about trying to just give your best? What happened?
2: Yeah, I think it's uh, just remembering what needed to be, uh, to be said, trying to be um, yourself, but not yourself at the same time. So there's that yeah. fine line between trying too hard, and uh, I guess it's like. It's, so though when you go to school, remember you, you do all this learning mm. and then you sit a test and there's just data dump. Yeah. And you're just like, Man, I know this stuff. But um and it's all happening in split seconds. And um you just stand there kind of frozen like a stunned mullet on the spot and uh <laughs> 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 Yeah, there's nothing more than just a bit of laughter that can be had, I guess.
1: Yeah, but you found out pretty quickly it wasn't your thing. <laughs> Yeah, and that's
2: yeah, okay yeah and, and they were nice about it you know i got yep. got a reply you know a couple of days later i guess after they'd done a few auditions with others it was like we we really loved your enthusiasm and um uh, you know throwing yourself at it but um we feel that you you probably should get a few lessons uh before before you audition <laughs> for anything in the future and i was like oh, oh i already know that
1: <laughs> fair enough so with that i could um i'd assume that when you were younger you would never have imagined that you would have ended up on national TV on The Biggest Loser. Um, maybe you dreamt about being in the Army. I don't know. But when you were younger, where did it start for you? What would have been your dream job?
2: I, um, as a youngster, I think like a lot of young boys, you know, you see the the first responders, the sirens, the police, the, the mm. firefighters and the ambulance, the uniform, all that type of stuff. And, mm. you know, you kind of have these uh, – you tell yourself all these stories and you run around in the yard kind of emulating, but, mm. um, I wanted to be a builder. Okay. I, I love, um, that creative aspect. It's kind of following in my family, uh, family's footsteps. My brother's actually, uh, my, one of my younger brothers is a carpenter now by, uh, by trade. And, uh, but I, I left high school and, um, went on the apprenticeship hunt, you know, in, those, in the early nineties, mid nineties, and they were pretty hard to get, at that point and then one of my dad's uh friends had just left the military and he had been an engineer and he said why don't you join the army and do your trade in the army and then because you get paid to do your trade and then you've just got to do your time back so say a trade is four years then you've just got to give four years back for so eight years in the military and then you can leave and you've got your ticket and um right. plus all the other skills that you would have learned along the way and i thought. Well, you know, I was a little disheartened because in the civilian side of things, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't get my hands on an apprenticeship. So I joined the army and then, um, that's when that next stage of life started for me. And I found myself at the, uh, the recruit training at Wagga Wagga, um, in New South Wales, Mm -hmm. places called Kapuka. And you do all the recruit stuff to be kind of prepare you to be a soldier. And some of the older guys that were knocking about the, the recruit instructors, they uh, they were from infantry, and they were like, "There's no point being in the army unless you go to infantry. You can do every other job in the army in civvy street. So if you want to do them, rack off back the uh, rack off back to the civvy street. You know, you're nice. eighteen, 9, 18 or nineteen, and uh, I'm like, okay, this is uh, this is this is the job that everyone talks about. So I found myself. Uh, Three months later at the school of infantry in singleton and yeah my uh, my military career um, in infantry and special forces began
1: right so it wasn't uh, a case of being inspired to go into the army in that capacity it was more about you felt the pressure because that's what everyone does and if you want to be in the army you've got to go into infantry is that right
2: yeah well just uh, i guess being a young guy and um you, know, you see a lot of the uh, the older guys that that are in the military and you hear them all talking, the hardest job in the Army, and the one that um, is most respected, uh, or what I was hearing was most respected, were the guys who were in infantry and special forces, SAS and all that type of stuff. So I was I was like, I want to do what not very many people can do, and that's go to infantry and then potentially on to the special forces.
1: So what was that drive? So what was that main catalyst for you? Obviously, you could have um, when the pressure was there, if you're going to be in the army, you've got to do this. You could have quite easily said, no, that's not for me. But you said, yes, you use that to motivate you to do something that not everybody can do and then get into the special forces. What was that drive? What made you go, yeah, actually, I do want to do this. I do want to do what not everyone else can.
2: I think as a young guy uh, from an early age, my dad leaving when I was young, Okay, it all comes and stems from acceptance. And, and a sense of belonging. And nice. uh, when I look back now, it, it, it's quite clear, I can connect the dots. But back then, you don't recognize that all you want to be um, as as a young guy is accepted by your peers and by those that you look up to. And when you don't grow up feeling like you are being accepted, you'll go outside of yourself to be accepted and, and the things that you do. Now, I feel that I utilise. Uh, physical activity and kind of pushing myself in that direction on a compass bearing um, be accepted, whereas I feel you know others in life um, they lack that acceptance and uh, that, that 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 feeling of equality and they end up going down the wrong path in life, which uh, you know just creates a lot more unnecessary suffering
1: and uh... Did you find it filled that void, that need for acceptance? And, and speaking of about being a father, we just heard your youngest in the background. Then, yeah, this is very cool. Uh, and speaking of, uh, about being accepted, your younger days was a big drive for you. you. And, and I know that you, um, I read how you spoke speak about that's what really got you into training as well. Um, um, you weren't getting the affirmation that you really wanted from from um adults in your life. So then you went on to training so that you could affirm yourself and, and reach those goals and feel those successes and achievements yourself. Uh, and then that transpired into you and in the army as well, going for special forces. Did mm. that fill the void for you? Did that... Um... No. No? Okay.
2: Definitely there was there was a lot to be said for the confidence and, and self-belief and, and self-worth and the like and the lessons I learned from the military and about myself. Mm-hmm. Um but there was still, like a lot of people say and talk about, this emptiness, and I, I think it wasn't. It wasn't until oh, my mid thirties to late thirties that um, the understanding of connection with myself was first uh, was, was most important, and having a relationship with myself then allows me to have better relationships with one another. And I was seeking those relationships and that acceptance and, and the like. Um, outside of myself rather than working on them from within. And and once I started doing that work within, everything else outside just fell into place.
1: Right. So work on self first and then everything else falls in place. So what advice, is that the advice you would have given your younger self then?
2: Totally. But um, I think the roadblock is ego.
1: Interesting. Tell me more.
2: Well, hey, ego, we all have ego and it's an important, you know, aspect of, of of sustaining life it uh, it helps us to distinguish um, a threat and the like, but um, we can tell ourselves uh, a number of different stories and the issue with telling ourselves those stories or when we've been telling ourselves those stories for so long, we identify and attach to those stories and we then superimpose those stories or that story over the present moment and we're seeing the present moment through the lens of our past. Which always leaves us short. And then we, we find ourselves in the present moment, not quite doing the things or achieving the things that we feel that we'd like to achieve. And then we start projecting into the future and trying to control the future. And it's, it's just a perpetuation. Whereas if we can be aware in the now and present, and I guess like we do when we speak with another human being and, you know, we're face to face, we can observe one another. And it's not just the language that we're hearing, but we're also picking up on that energy. Okay. We do the same with ourselves and not identify too strongly with ourself or our past as in any singular way and realize that they're all but components of who we are, different aspects, and we can help to, to shape and change to change all of those things.
1: I'm curious, when did you first have that realization?
2: Uh, 38.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. How did it happen? What was the moment? Yeah, a lot of it
2: I've always had this inkling and this this, this willingness to investigate from a very early age. And I think yeah. it's definitely been a life's journey. But there was a lot of suffering in between through the military, you know, doing a lot of the, the physically hard stuff, you know, some, some personal relationships that I've been through. Uh and um I just think it's it's with age, it's wisdom and you start as we get a little bit older recognize that the ego does um hinder us it's it's very it's very closed in in its concepts and its understanding and it does create separateness Mm -hmm. and um i think a lot of it came down to um just anything that i the things that i was doing um there wasn't a uh as much as there was a certain satisfaction and uh and reward for what I was doing, there was still that, um, that emptiness. And I just, and I've always enjoyed reading, but for a while I didn't. And then I can't remember what I was listening to. And, or, and, uh, someone mentioned the book, uh, Resilience by Eric Greetings. Mm-hmm. And, and I read that and he talks about a, a whole host of different things, but especially, um, ancient philosophy. And I just started reading a lot on philosophy, stoicism, and a lot in the, uh, the Buddhist side of things with the Dalai Lama and, uh, Zen Buddhism with Shunaru Suzuki. Um, and yeah, their messages across the board is, although they may be quite different in their names and, and their approach, the messages are all very similar. And that is, um, is awareness of self and responsibility and accountability and being disciplined in your actions, but most importantly, being present in the moment.
1: So knowing that now, how would that have helped you um, when you were younger?
2: To keep it simple um, in the choices between better from worse, rather than just acting out on, on certain feelings and emotions, which... I think a lot of us do, we apply a lot of ignorance, we're we're constantly looking to distract ourselves from ourselves in doing things mm. um, and hence look at obesity and the like. People are just scared of connecting with themselves because of what may have happened in their past. They use food to anaesthetize and suppress. Um, you look at drugs and alcohol, look at even um, uh, uh, at our work ethic, we're constantly seeking this. Uh, um, this output, 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 and we wonder why we end up with such issues because we don't have enough space and stillness in our lives and we use the word balance. Well, if there's, if there's agitation and, and, and a lot of complexity going on, how do you balance something? Well, you've got to create the opposite, which is a part of the reality that we live in of polarities, like we see it every day. There's daytime and then comes night and that's mm. a polarity it's the opposite to create balance
1: yeah too often we think that we just need to have only one side but as you're saying we need both to really balance it out you can't just have happiness without any anger at all they um to have the fullness of life you actually yeah. need to have that good balance of both and, and both are okay and both are natural and both are needed
2: that's exactly right sorry i don't mean to cut you off there what you're saying it's okay and this and, and, and what we do with the the language that we use, we use it inadvertently, I think, and it creates a lot of unnecessary stress and anxiety in people's lives. But people, but but, but well, I guess my message to people is to be present and aware. Like driving down the freeway, you use the signs and the signposts on the on the side to guide you. You don't take them literally. Like you're driving down the freeway and you need to go to Blacktown, and it says exit in two kilometres. Well, that's exactly what it is. Blacktown isn't the signpost. The signpost is pointing you to Blacktown. And um, it, that's the thing with, with language is we take it so literally nowadays rather than take kind of heeding the advice and, and utilizing our, our knowledge and our understanding of what that means and, and pointing us in a particular direction. And do we want to go in that direction is then the question.
1: Exactly. And it might feel like we're jumping around a bit here, but we will mm-hmm. come back to this mindset and mindfulness. Cause I'm really keen to hear more from you about yeah. that. But speaking of direction, how did you then go from special forces uh, to leaving that to then auditioning or trying out or whatever for the biggest loser? Yeah. How did that stage happen?
2: Well, it's um, I, again, I've never pushed too hard in any one thing. And something mm-hmm. that I feel that I've always had is a certain awareness but when opportunities have presented themselves, I've ma- I've I've sat back and I've gone, will I give this a go or not? And you know, as they say, you're as defined by the things that, you're as much defined by the things you say no to as the things that you say yes to. Um, but a lot of the time, the things you say no to, no one knows about, and that's and that's really just for self. But for me, I've left the army in uh, in two thousand and four. I was working in a gym, and I left the army because I felt there was more to life, and I'd always enjoyed training. It really helped me when I was younger and uh, I thought, I get to take off the camos and wear shorts and a, and a singlet and train myself <laughs> whenever, I, whenever yeah. I wanted and I get to train clients yeah. and then some guy and I was working in a gym and some guys that I'd been in the army with knew the casting agent and the casting agent had been tasked by the production company as The Biggest Loser to find someone who was kind of ex-military and now a trainer yeah. and then they, and they went to, to the guys I knew. They were like, We've got the guy for you. They gave me a call. I remember driving along in the car. I was on the way to the gym to train some people, getting the phone call. And they said, we've, uh, we've just had a call from, uh, from uh, this lady, Kirsty, and she'd uh, like to have a chat with you about the potential um, role on The Biggest Loser as a trainer. And, and then it, I was just like, wow. And I thought, what? And this was within a year of getting out of the Army. I thought, what, what could go wrong? And if it does go wrong, I can just go back to the army.
1: Right. There wasn't a moment of self-doubt. There wasn't a moment of why me, I can't do this. You know, that imposter syndrome?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. You yeah. feel like a fake. You feel like a fraud. You feel like, why oh, me? Why Why not a uh, hundred other people that you thought could do the role just as well? And, um, yeah, hey, there was uh, – and, and after, I guess, landing the role um, for the, as the commander on the biggest loser, standing at the front gate – the first time, I filmed on camera, holding you know one of those red flares that you had if you're lost at yeah. sea, or <laughs> with that thing burning my hand and about three <laughs> cameras filming me, going, what the, what's going on here? I can't believe this is happening to me, and yeah. um, and then you know doing training sessions, which wasn't out of the norm for me, but what was out of the norm was having cameramen and sound men and uh or camera people sound people and and produ- producers and and directors kind of all around on the peripheries watching what you were doing with other people and uh that was that was very overwhelming very confrontational and it took me a number of years for that to kind of just fall into place and um kind of get my own rhythm and I really thank uh that my co- trainers on the show uh michelle and shannon because they had both done a little bit with television beforehand, so they had they had kind of walked that path, and uh, I just observed. And a lot of the time, me not speaking um, was exactly what they wanted for the role. But, but it worked, yeah. But it worked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it gave them the dimension, and and uh, I guess the it fit the character and the the description that they were looking for of the commando this very one dimensional mm. arms crossed sunglasses on no excuses kind of guy mm. but um over the years as the as the show developed and as the role developed they wanted me to come on in a more full time capacity well that's where I really needed to do some some investigation on myself and learn how to string more than three words together and um
1: yeah, I'm really keen to ask you more about that in a moment. Actually, yeah. I know that you referred to it as being like that, the Stig-like fact, uh, the Stig-like um, character. Yeah, you are yeah. one-dimensional, and because I know that you're far more than that, you're, you're all about the mindfulness and the ego, and a lot of depth. I want to ask you about that in a second, but before I do. You mentioned when you're standing there, the flare is burning your hand. You're there thinking, Mm. what am I doing? How did this happen? Now, that could be either a a negative, what am I doing, again, imposter syndrome moment, or it could be a a blissful moment in a way of, wow, look how far I've come. I can't believe I've got this incredible opportunity where you're filled with confidence and hope. Was it one side more than the other or both?
2: Yeah, it was definitely both. Um, And to be honest, It was definitely more the, uh, the imposter, the kind of, um, I don't deserve this type of thing. And that again was a lot of, it was a lot to do with the story I'd been telling myself for so long through my youth that, um, around acceptance and I don't, I don't deserve this, um, you know, the why me, all that type of stuff. But I, I guess I managed to, um, deal with that internal dialogue and just keep, kept putting each day one foot in front of the other. And that's something that I learned from the Army. Small steps, don't try and look too far down the path or too far up the mountain, otherwise it will overwhelm you and get the better of you. And um, just keep chipping away. And remember, too, I'd left the Army at 22. My first daughter was born. Um, and then at that stage with the biggest loser, my other daughter... Uh, about a year or two into uh, the biggest loser, my second daughter was born. So I had I had a reason to be doing this stuff. And mm. uh, if I wasn't doing that, what else would I be doing? I would have been second guessing myself anyway, at anything else. And um,
1: so speaking of second guessing yourself, then what was mm. with the internal dialogue? What was your strategy? Was it something that you'd tell yourself? Was it mindfulness? Did you distract yourself? How did you work through that negative internal dialogue?
2: Well, I think more so than anything, I thoroughly enjoyed doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And, and to rewind again, just to confuse everybody, when (laughs) I was, when I was real, when I was young, I I can't remember, maybe four, five, six, I had a, I had a, like a vision, like a dream of being in a room, standing in front of people and talking to them. No way. And I, and as I say this to you right now, I can, Mm -hmm. I can picture exactly the same, um, it's the same picture from, from way back. There's no real clarity around it. It's mm-hmm. like when you see the, the figures of humans in a room and it's, it's like they're a bit of a cardboard cutout. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of standing there on the stage having a conversation with people. And that's what I've been doing with the biggest loser and, and even, um, and these past couple of years with keynotes and getting in front of corporates and, and traveling all over Australia and, just um, just sharing with people um, my message around you know, the Lao Tzu way of uh, simplicity, patience, and compassion, um, and, and kind of embracing that inner child. We need to, to, to be a little, a little more gentle with, uh, with, with ourselves and one another as human beings.
1: No way, so uh, isn't that incredible? When you try to find your next step or your end goal or your niche, the past leaves so many clues. So you yes. at four years of age, is somehow knew that you're going to be up in front of people talking. So would you say that what you're doing right now, um, coming off the Biggest Loser, your um, health and fitness businesses and keynote speaking, would you say that's you doing what you're here to do? Yes,
2: exactly. And do you know what the, the other funny thing mm-hmm. is, as I said earlier, I, I left school. And I want, and I did. Sh- you know, when you're in high school, you do. Sh- well, for me back then, it was called shop. Shop A, shop B. You had metalwork yes. and woodwork. Yes. And I wanted to be a builder. I joined the army to go down that path, but I ended up in infantry. You know, doing a pretty hard job, digging holes in the ground, learning a lot about yourself, really immersing yourself in nature. There, there was a lot of suffering. Um, but then leave that and find myself in the fitness industry, but then on The Biggest Loser, with people where their lives have utterly fallen apart. They they felt so compelled that this was the, the final step for them, and if they if they didn't nominate themselves and put themselves forward, they didn't know um, what was around the corner. And, and so for me, the Army, one end of the spectrum. That's over on the left. On the right is me as a trainer, helping people where their lives have fallen apart on The Biggest Loser. It, it, it really helps to kind of encapsulate um, life and, and what is actually possible and achievable, and mm. and and the greatest some of the greatest learning lessons for me in a personal sense and both professionally have been from The Biggest Loser. But then, uh, for, yeah, to find myself where I am today, doing talks, talking to to yourself and the like, yeah, is um, is that calling? But again, remember I said army joined to be a be a builder. I'm yeah. helping people now reconstruct their lives.
1: Exactly. Still in
2: building. Metal, in a, yes,
1: exactly. Yeah. That's it. Isn't that incredible? Now that we're talking about you living your calling, has there been a moment recently or your biggest aha, your biggest yes moment, uh, one moment that connects with your deeper sense of purpose? Or has there been uh, a keynote presentation or training someone and you've just walked away and thought, yes, I'm buzzing now and this is exactly where I'm meant to be? Has there been one moment for you?
2: Uh, the last season of The Biggest Loser, I think, really set it in stone when I uh, worked with the Avale family from uh, their Pacific Island family uh, from Samoa they came via New Zealand to Australia. And I just happened to be teamed up with them on the show. And if, 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 for anyone who's ever worked closely or intimately with, um, with, Pacific, with the Pacific Island family, they're all about family. They embrace, they, they do everything for one another. And, um, and I was like, wow, I was blown away. And they accepted me and I accepted them and we did some fantastic, uh, some fantastic work. And a lot of, a lot of what was knocking about in my head, um, was solidified in the time that I spent with them and then post. And for example, they've gone on since the show in 2015, Johnny and Tennille, the husband and wife, one of the brothers and, and the wife had tried three or four times before the show, um, to have a baby with IVS and the like. Post the show, they had a baby naturally.
1: Wow. They
2: went on, they went on, the brothers, Moses and, uh, and Johnny and bought a CrossFit gym down in, uh, down in Victoria. Mm-hmm. And, um, they're helping to, to embrace and, uh, kind of change the path of, uh, of those that they can directly affect, um, especially the Pacific Island, um, community in their area.
1: So what's that like then? What's that like knowing that you literally helped to create new life uh, and that you also literally helped to create these gyms that are helping other people um, become fit and find their new lives and so on? What's what's that like knowing that from your time with them, you've created so much ongoing goodness?
2: Yeah, back to that that acceptance and that connection that I was looking for when um, I was younger. It was right there in front of me for me to – Kind of see, feel, and, um, and, and and actually connect with. And since that, um, since 2015, you know, 2016, 2017, and, and now into into 2018, it's um it's grown. Uh, each day, it, I guess like we all face um, we face challenges, uh, but I, I see a lot of those challenges and the like is very superficial. It's it's all on the surface, much like a an ocean. From time to time, it can be very flat and calm and still. And other times it's quite rough and uh, unpredictable. That's just how life rolls. But deep down in the depths of the ocean, still it's calm. It's 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 unwavering. It can't be affected. And that's how I feel in myself. There's this deep joy beyond happiness. Uh, and I think from a lot of the reading that I've that I've um, I've been doing, that energy source that I've tapped into is what they call the eternal energy source of love. It, it doesn't have a polarity. It doesn't have an opposite. It just is.
1: Well, so spending time reflecting and appreciating and savoring those proudest moments for you, those achievements, has helped you create that centerpiece, that, that inner peace. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yes, definitely. And, and from those moments, the recognition of a lot of the, the things that um, hammered into me as a child from my, from my stepfather, we had a, quite a tumultuous tumultuous relationship but um, he didn't want us turning out the way that he turned out, and so he was quite hard on myself and my three brothers. But I wouldn't want it any other way. The discipline and the responsibility that was put on us as young boys, which I think is required, especially, I can't speak for women, but um, for men, that structure and that outline um, helps to shape us, and it gives us a parameter to work within. We then express ourselves within those parameters. If we don't have that structure, we just express ourselves however we wish to express ourselves and like a like a dog it'll, it'll do any type of behavior to get attention it doesn't matter whether it's tearing the lounge apart or you know chasing the ball and picking it up and bringing it back it'll do whatever it feels it needs to do to get attention and and so do we as humans and for me again those the, the reiteration of these lessons in life from when i first joined the army and i was given my my gp boots the the you know the the army boots and by the time we marched out we had to have them spit polished and high shined and the laces had to be laced a certain way you know was a certain element of of responsibility just in those boots or although it might have been very simple that they put in us because if we couldn't do that with our boots why would they then put a weapon system in our hands Mm. And, and and i'm really grateful for all of this stuff now and you know the 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 foundations of what it means to be human. And firstly, we uh, we need air to breathe and connect connecting with your breath. Secondly, fluid. And most the most important fluid is water. Um, third, coupled with um, fire and shelter, is sleep. So those things are the three most important things. And then comes food. So look at the anxieties that we put around food nowadays and how anxious people are about what should I eat. Yet we don't even focus on just a better quality of breath. And for mm-hmm. me that's that's sitting and meditating. Why do I have to be so compelled and, 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 and constantly moving outwards? Why can't I just sit down quietly on a patch of grass, cross my legs, sit with my spine straight and breathe There's the opposite There's, that's what helps to create the balance.
1: We'll be back to our chat with Steve in just a moment. Before we do though, I'd like to give a quick message from our sponsor which in fact is my company Project Hatch. If you love the messages on the Do Life Better podcast and would like to share these more deeply with your team, company, or particularly with the students and teachers in your school, then we can help. Our highly interactive, engaging, and trusted programs will enable the individuals within your group to enhance their own well-being, mindsets, and leadership by gaining a greater understanding of themselves, others, their influence and legacy, and, in the appropriate settings, a deeper sense and understanding of their spirituality. Because I am so grateful that you listen to this podcast, I will give you 20% off your new booking with us. That's 20% off your new booking with us. All you need to do, please, is send us an email at hello at projecthatch.com.au. That's hello at projecthatch.com.au. And mention that you listen to the Do Life Better podcast and then you can receive your 20% off your first booking with us. Again, if you'd like to share these messages more deeply with your group, team or school, then we can help. Just send us an email at hello at projecthatch.com.au and you you will receive 20% off your first booking with us. And secondly, to help keep this podcast going and to share it with more people, I ask that you please do me one small favor please subscribe to this podcast in whichever platform you use to listen to it and leave a rating and a review leaving a rating and a review and subscribing makes a massive difference as it actually boosts up the ratings and it helps it get in front of more people just like you so this small action will in fact mean the world of difference to me so again please do subscribe leave a rating and a review they'll be huge for me so thank you for that and now back to steve this links nicely then to the one dimensional commando character into being someone else who, and what I'm picking up from you is that um, I I believe that you would be someone in training who would be disciplined yet quite nurturing and someone who works on their, their physical fitness, yet also a lot on their mindset and trying to reach deep within to see how you can connect, how you can guide their mindset, and maybe even using that mindfulness and, and looking at the ego and the inner peace and acceptance. Mm. So how did you make that transition from one-dimensional commando to the trainer that you wanted to be?
2: Well, I believe the empathy and compassion are all, have always been there, as, as they are with most uh, with most human beings. Most of us are empaths. It's, again own awareness with oneself and connecting on those levels, but a lot of us are scared of how we feel and we think and and, and the emotions that are born of that thinking. Um, The other one that's been was a driver for so long in my life when I was young was fear, and we're we're all driven by fear. Not all the time, but a lot of the time, and and that's what I've recognized that especially coming from the biggest blues, or firstly from the Army, a lot of what was drilled into us, they used fear. To, to, to be the, the, the instigator or the, the catalyst for, for change. But what happens when someone's kind of directing with that iron fist and they turn their back and walk away? Well, you go back to doing the things that you've always done, the way in which you've done it, because fear will have us conform, but it doesn't change the way in which we think. But helping people to want to do things for themselves and helping them to address the way in which they think and view things, their perspectives, and then getting them to want to do it for themselves, that's where true change happens. Because then you can walk away, you can kind of let go of their hand, or like a running race, you pass the baton, and here you go, it's your turn to run.
1: Exactly, if it's only based on fear, the minute you are not there,
2: they're
1: yeah. gonna do what you don't want them to. <laughs> they're they're gonna to going to go back, back into their old habits, if it's purely based on fear.
2: That's right, it's a default, isn't it? And a lot yeah. of the time, because you've been using fear, we're also, you're so blinded by the fear, and, and those feelings, you become subordinate, but what you actually haven't addressed is your coping mechanisms and the way in which you deal with pressure, you deal with stress, you deal with anxiety. And by by highlighting that and going to work and to do that and affect that change, you need to be compassionate. You've got to be kind. You've got to embrace. If you don't, you're going to get the opposite.
1: Sure. So, you like the idea again about being a compassionate, empathetic, nurturing coach uh, and trainer in, in The Biggest Loser. And that's so
2: just, I believe, unfortunately, um, a lot of the stuff that was edited out of the show. And a lot yes. of, we filmed a lot of that type of stuff, uh, having yeah. conversations behind, I mean, yeah, outside of the training sessions and the like, and preparing them mentally. All right, this training session's coming. You know what you need to do. We're going to be on camera. Having a, just just chatting to them about being present in the moment. I'm, I'm, this is what I'm going to ask you to do, and then um, you're setting the foundation and the tone, and then you go about it. But then, what's shown on the television screen is is the kind of is the hard stuff. Is the is the you know me getting a little into their face and and maybe raising my voice and being a little hard when that. That's only happened because I've also said the other stuff on the other end of the spectrum.
1: Yes, they have that foundation, that trust, Mm. that respect, that understanding so that you can show the more disciplined side of yourself to them. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. And and the other, the big one is the leadership, Mm -hmm. is pulling up your sleeves, getting the pick and shovel and digging holes just like anybody else. You can't you can't flap your lips and expect people to do things if you're not willing to get in the trenches with them. And that's a, that's oh, I learned that from the army very early on. If um and the and the and the, the sergeants and the officers and the corporals that you respected the most were the ones who could bark the orders, but who were there rubbing shoulders with you at two AM when you're under a dim lit torch trying to dig a fighting pitch a fighting pit in the ground when in over the past seventy two hours you barely slept.
1: Absolutely. If they're the ones walking beside you, it's yeah. so much easier for you to have that deep respect and um, to allow them to push you even further. Exactly. So what are you working on now then? What's your next big goals? Um,
2: gosh, there's, there's a lot. I, don't, I, I More space, more stillness. Uh-huh. Um, the awareness that I don't need to keep toiling and, and, and push, 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 creating that, Unnecessary agitation and complexity in my life, and in doing that, that enables me to just let go of things as well. But it's, this world's a funny place. The more you let go, of, the more you let go of things, the less you grasp at. The more comes your way. It's 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 such a uh, it almost seems like a paradox, but it's it's cause and effect. And we bought ten acres, as I was saying to you earlier on, um, in the Southern Highlands in New South Wales, and we try and spend as much time. Just in nature and enjoying ourselves, you know, listening and watching the birds, you know, we've got a bit of land. I love just getting out and tinkering and and mowing the grass and, you know, a lot of what people would consider as mundane tasks. But, um, other things I'm working with are you okay as an ambassador in the, in that, um, mental health space and, um, you know, suicide prevention. I'm doing some work with eye care, which is, um, eye care is the old work cover in New South Wales and, and a lot of big business has uh, identified that um, we need to be more proactive in the prevention space rather than waiting for things to occur and then uh, being reactive and, um, and uh, in the rehabilitation because it, it just costs so much more money. Um, and we can't continue to keep treating ourselves and, and, and one another as in human beings like, uh, like robots, like machines. We have feelings, we have thoughts, we have emotions. We need to um, give them the, the due respect they deserve, and work on on connection and being kinder with one another. Um, some other stuff I'm doing. I've had an online program, um, Get Commando Fit. But we've got that in hiatus at the moment. I'm looking at. Uh, new ways of kind of delivering that in the online space. As we were talking again earlier, technology, <laughs> it's, it's changing, isn't it? It rapidly. certainly
1: is, yep.
2: And, uh, you know, all of these things are exciting, um, and I don't hang on to any one of these things too much and, and identify myself with them. And I'm, I'm even uh, having another crack at the CrossFit games, um, this season in the Masters. I wasn't going oh, wow. to, but a, a mate talked me into it, and, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm doing all right in the in the Australian region at the moment. I'm in out of I think, I think a couple of thousand. I'm in the top seventy, so I'm still doing all right. Nice um, but uh, you know, all of those little things, you know, working on some well, everything I enjoy. But then you know, there's things that probably speak a little more to you in a in a personal sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think a lot of that comes down to a again a bit of the ego, the pride, and and just include uh, off. But it, it it really flows into that kind of that confidence. Um, belief and worth and um, we've always got to be working at that because that helps us to then rub shoulders and and just be a little more ease at ourselves with the people that we uh, we surround ourselves with
1: yeah Steve I have to say I love your response just then when I asked what are you working on right now your biggest goals because the expectation from a lot of people would be to talk about your projects your businesses but you started with yourself you started with the goals that you're working on um, personally w- within yourself, your own personal growth and development and, development. and as a family. I love that. That's, that's a great insight into who you are and even just the fact that we can hear your family in the background every now and then. <laughs> um, I, I love that. It's a great insight into what you're really working on right now. And so, oh, Thank you. That. And uh, I've got some rapid-fire questions, if that's okay.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: we, we've got some from some listeners. Firstly, though, you mentioned books that you read about um, yeah. with your mindset. What would be one or two key books that you would recommend to someone who wants to get started or dive deeper in this area?
2: Uh, definitely resilience by Eric Reitan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an ex he's an ex Navy SEAL. He's now um, the governor of um, Missouri or something. Anyway, that 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 doesn't really matter. But the book came about because one of his Navy SEAL mates had left the forces. Um, felt he was um, he'd fallen off the rails. Was looking for the answer at the bottom of the bottle, and um, he couldn't find it. So he wrote a letter to Eric. Eric conversed back, and essentially the letters back and forth became the book Resilience. It's amazing. Uh, um, it really it resonated with me. I've recommended it to a lot of people, and uh, especially um, men because of the just the language and the way which it's written.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, even my ex military mates, I guess, because. These guys were Navy SEALs. There's a similarity there. Um, some other books. Now he, he's a Vietnamese Buddhist monk. It's Thich Nhat Hanh. He, yes, uh, yes. Embracing the Inner Child. Yep. Yeah, fantastic book. It reads um, very easily, and I think the concepts and the ideas are um, are easy to grasp. Uh, for oh. some, they may not. They might just go straight over other people's heads, but others not. And, and one other is, um, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle.
1: Yes, yes. And we'll put these in the show notes as well for our listeners.
2: And these, these, actually, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, they've done like a kids version. Oh, really? So to, yes, it's written with another guy and it's illustrated. I actually bought it for my kids to read, so mm-hmm. uh, for my 10 year old to read with, uh, with the, with the younger boys and the like. And, and it just helps to, it's it's that messaging, isn't it? It's the it's mm. the language that we use, and just sowing those seeds of of kindness and compassion and awareness with those younger generations, mm. um, and giving them some food before as they grow up. But but when they're taking on those messages when they're young, it's it's set in their foundation. It's not seen as out of the norm.
1: Absolutely, it's just part of their everyday and who they are. Yep. I love that. Thank you. So I'm going to have to go and get those books, particularly um, that one for the children. I'm going to have to do that for sure. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> idea. Thank you. Okay, so now for some rapid-fire questions from our listeners. Uh, and feel free. I know that we've um, time is very precious for you, and thank you again for the time you've given. So feel free to give short responses for these ones. Um, so from Matt, he says, what is your morning routine?
2: <laughs> morning routine. I get up. Yeah. First thing that I do, There's two things depending on how I'm feeling. Usually, I wake from my sleep. It's that connection with this is another day, just bringing myself into that new day and some some mindfulness and awareness and and, and gratitude that um, that I'm here for another day. Um, I'll I'll go and have a glass of water and I'll put some uh, apple cider vinegar in there and I'll drink that. Then I might... um,
1: Sorry, why apple cider vinegar. I've heard about this a lot. I love to hear yeah. why apple cider vinegar.
2: It, it's it's actually quite acidic, but in the body, it's neutralised and um, and and reversed, and it, it becomes more alkaline. So it just helps okay. to balance out the pH. But awesome. also, apple cider vinegar uh, has a lot of enzymes and culture and stuff in it that helps to just uh, helps us with our digestion. And I I like it. It's a bit of a if anyone's ever had it, you'll you can attest to it's a bit of a kickstart. It really uh gets the, the, the taste buds um bouncing. And then I'll um I'll do like a bit of flow, kind of yoga type uh work if I have the opportunity, do some downward dogs, upward dogs, do some go into like a lunge and do some thoracic uh, rotation just to mobilize my body for the day. And um then I'll have some breakfast. I usually for breakfast just do some uh sourdough toast. Poach a few eggs and um, some avocado on the toast, and away we go. And I'll, you know, if the kids are around, or and or, you know, I'm home, make it up for the kids. And I, I love a I love a black coffee, so that'll come not too far from that. I'm giving a bit of detail here, and then <laughs> you uh, are, And then I'll I'll train some clients, or I'll I might have to go for a photo shoot. Like this week's been pretty busy. I've done I did a, a whole day with Sydney trains doing some internal work, so did some mm-hmm. two one-hour talks for them and some meet and greets and just, again, like we've been doing, just some light conversation that, that I don't come at it with too much expectation. It's, and when you don't come at things with too much expectation, things tend to be more genuine and true. Mm. And uh, the, other, the day before that, I was um, out in the bush with a company I'm doing some work with uh, called Australian Frontline Machinery. They, they on-sell all the equipment that the Australian Defence Force no longer wants. So a lot of the Land Rovers and Mack trucks and Unimogs and whatever, you name it, they sell it through Grayson Online. So they're doing a photo shoot with them. The day before that was some work with Sumo Salad, shooting the new Commando, um, Nourish Bowls with them. So, you know, well, I saw that
1: on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, and, and that stuff's all exciting. But again, you know, it, it, it comes and it goes. It's, it's, um, you know, it might be there for, for a week or six months or a year. And um, you enjoy it whilst, uh, whilst they're in the process and then that might pass by and, and, and then something else comes mm-hmm. up. But the things that stay true are definitely the kids and the family and the like and, uh, and that connection there. But I love my training. I'll also throw in a training session in the day, um, either in the morning or the afternoon, depending on the, the work schedule. Mm-hmm. And like today, after I chat with you, I'm going to start running a little bit actually, so I'm going to mow the lawn part of the lawn because we've got like eight eight, eight, eight acres of (laughs) mowing. Then jump in the car and drive down to Mount Kosciuszko for a walk um, up Mount Kosciuszko tomorrow with um, Are You Okay? Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, four-hour drive down there. It'll be be beautiful.
1: Very cool. And you might have already mentioned your response to this question from Ted, which is, what are your daily non-negotiables? Would you say that's just pretty much your morning routine or are there additional things there?
2: Non-negotiables?
1: Yeah, gosh,
2: um, I think my routine is kind of so set that it's, it's only, yeah, in the presence of others or others wanting to do things that um, I won't budge at. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty free-flowing free with, uh, with things and if the opportunity presents itself and I've got the time, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have a crack at it. But uh, I don't know, non-negotiables, what would yours be? What would my, that's a good question, yeah.
1: thank you. Mine would be my morning routine. Yes,
2: yeah, um, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't give it up. No. Yeah, you no. wouldn't give it up. For me, I think my life, like I don't have a nine to five job as I just kind of explained in, 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 in detail no. and I'm so used to bouncing from here to there. I think non-negotiables, not so much in the morning, but in my day is my training and And good nutrition, yeah, and part of that is that morning routine like that that initial start of the day, and i'll even if I've got an early start, I'll get to bed, that whole preparation side of things I'll get to bed earlier, I'll get my clothes ready the night before rather than in the dark or waking up the household the next morning, um running around like a like a heavy hoofed elephant, you know.
1: Very cool. Thank you. Uh, another one here from Lobie. Um What was... so? he's got three questions here, but I'll paraphrase if I can into one. <laughs> um, what was it like going from being a secretive commando to being in the public eye?
2: Really tough. It's uh, the whole why me, you know, and, and we watch movies about others and that, that whole thing with the paparazzi and being in magazines and papers and just having people come up to you and, um, 99% of the time, they're very, they're very kind. They, um, they're very respectful and, and, and have nothing but praise. Mm. And I, I, how do you deal with that stuff? And I've just learned over the years, you've got to allow other people to have their peace if you're willing to, to stand and listen. And all you can say is thank you. You know, I'll even to the point sometimes. Like I did a talk with Commonwealth Bank the other day and a guy came up to me and said, you know, what you've said, um, for a very long time through the TV and the whole no excuses side of things, and just me observing, following you through social media, um, you've really helped me to keep my life on track. I've got Crohn's disease wow. and, and all this, and I, I almost started crying. He goes, I've lost like 30 kilos, and it's, yeah, it's, um, it really chugs you up. But, um, I think when you have that connection with yourself and there's the connection with others, it does resonate and speak to you like that. And, to try and hide those those feelings and emotions isn't doing yourself justice and others justice. If you feel a certain way, be a certain way.
1: Nice one, thank you. Uh, and then we we have two more guests. uh sorry, two more listener questions. Um, one, one from Rob. What What's your biggest sacrifice, and all? Or what keeps you motivated?
2: My biggest sacrifice.
1: <laughs> or what keeps you motivated? Whichever one you're happy to talk. What about. What keeps you
2: motivated is is definitely. Uh, is, is my family, my four children, um, yeah. my relationship with uh, with Michelle, and um, is connecting with as many human beings as possible, and, and uh, that message around kindness and compassion. We need awesome. to we need to create a little more of that um, in a perspective of, of what it means to be human.
1: Thank you. And then from Mel, how do you create work life family and training balance? <laughs>
2: um. <laughs> It, it, it really comes down to being present and, mm-hmm. uh, and that awareness and, and where I have the opportunity to, uh, to sit in, uh, in some silence and, and, and some stillness and just connect sure. with my breath.
1: Okay, thanks. To wrap up then, there's a couple of questions that I like to ask. Uh, and the first one is, I have what I call the rocking chair test. And this is all about when I'm old and gray and sitting on my rocking chair on my porch. I don't have a rocking chair or a porch yet. But The image is me looking over some land and I'm sitting next to my wife and Mm -hmm. I'm looking back over my days. And the test is all about what are the things, my achievements, my moments Mm -hmm. that would make me the proudest. When well, I'm old and grey, looking back over my life, and I use this test to help me make best decisions in terms yes. of moving forward. So, when you're on your rocking chair, old and grey, looking back over yes. your life, what would be your proudest achievements and moments? Maybe they've happened, or maybe they're yet to come. What could yes,
2: be um, definitely. Um, you know, some of them uh, have occurred in uh, in in the time that I I spent in the military, uh, but the, the proudest of my of my four children and the connection with them and saying yes to certain work and no to certain work so that I can have the best relationship um, in my eyes that I can possibly have with them um, because at the end of the day <laughs> we all get older where we all come and go um, yeah. and, and providing uh, the best opportunity. And, uh, and connection with, with my kids so that they're connected with themselves and with with one another so they can be as kind and uh, compassionate as possible, like Axel's saying to me right now, hand, <laughs> hand, hand. Yeah. And we're, we're, almost, we're walking around in circles like ring a ring a <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs>
1: I love that. Uh, and so I've got two last questions so I can get back to Axel. This one is, again, I ask every guest this question because I love hearing their thoughts from their experience. Um, mm-hmm. This is the Do Life Better podcast, of course. Yeah. And what does doing life better, what does that mean to you?
2: Respect. Respect for yourself and um, what it means to be human so in uh, firstly in the in your thoughts and the way in which you perceive yourself which will give positive emotions uh, mm-hmm. n- nutrition because we need to nourish ourselves so eating uh, eating as healthy as um, as possible um, not to not to deny yourself either you know some of the, the finer more tastier things and uh, and thirdly in a physiological sense uh, exercise your well-being and looking after your body. Now, I'm not just talking output and going hard. I'm talking form and function, like having good range of movement of your ankles, your knees, your hips, your, your spine, even if that means just doing some yoga or Pilates, going for a walk. But um, addressing those th- three things, and if you can do that each and every day, um, that requires discipline and consistency. Uh, you, will, you will see... Uh, you will see a, a massive shift and change in in your perception of your reality and um, how you function within it. Thank
1: you. Thank you. So how can our listeners get in contact with you?
2: Me? Uh, through the mm. Commando Steve website, so commandosteve.com, mm-hmm. and you can send an email via that website, which comes directly to myself, uh, through Facebook, the Commando Steve uh, page, through the Commando Steve website, um, Instagram page or come on, come on Steve on Twitter.
1: <laughs> There's a few there. And again, we'll put yeah. these in the show notes. So Steve, thank you. And the very last question, uh, as you know, I do like to give a challenge or ask our guests to give a challenge for our listeners, something that they, they can, can focus on this week to do their life even better. So what would be your challenge?
2: Yeah, to, uh, to do your life even better is to create some Ma. And the word Ma is Japanese or creating space or interval. Um, And we live in this world of form, we're amongst buildings and roads and cars and trees and and stuff. But what enables all of that that form to take place, it's the space in between. And um, that enables us to express ourselves. And the more we can create that space, the more proactive we can be in the decision making um, within our lives, rather than reactive, and um, and that in itself is awareness. Uh, and, and I, I guess I challenge people to um, to work on bringing a little more space and stillness into
1: their lives. Awesome, thank you, thank you very much. And so with that, Steve, I again I do want to thank you for your time today you've been incredibly generous with your time for our listeners and for myself today and thank you for uh, inspiring me and i know that you will inspire our listeners as well but i've been inspired a lot by you by your presence uh by your want and your drive and desire to build others in the work that you do and, and how much you give yourself to the community and the people that you work with. So, uh, Steve, thank you very much for your time today. Um, again, I've gained a lot and I know that our listeners will have as well. So, um, Steve, thank you. And please thank Axel as well for yeah, um, do. for giving your time, letting, yeah, for him letting <laughs> us have your time now. So, thank you very much for that. So, Steve, thank you. Enjoy your mowing.
2: Thanks, mate, to you, Dave, and and thank you to the listeners. I hope you, uh, I hope you get a lot from this. And again, uh, like Dave asked, if you've got any questions uh, or anything you'd like clarified, um, you know, please send me an email or, or send me a direct message through one of my social media uh, avenues, and um, we can take it from
1: there. Awesome, Steve. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks again. Talk soon.
1: Well, I hope this chat with Steve was as helpful for you as I know that it was for me. And of course, please remember his challenge for the week, which is find more space, find more time to be still and to be present and to be quiet. Give that a go this week and see what happens. Also, if you could please do one small thing for me, that'd be huge. Uh, If you could please hit subscribe, whatever app you're using right now for this podcast, if you could please hit subscribe and leave a rating. What that does is it helps to boost this podcast. It gets it out there to more people just like you, which will help more people do their life even better. So if you could please hit subscribe, leave a rating and a review. That's a massive help for me and for these messages. So thank you very much for that. Uh, Again, thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Do Life Better podcast. And I can't wait to have you join me again next time.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Do Life Better podcast you can find all our show notes at www.projecthatch.com.au forward slash do life better. If you'd like to book Dave Johner to speak at your event, company or school, you can contact him at hello at projecthatch.com.au. You can contact us on Facebook at Project Hatch and on Instagram at project underscore hatch. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone you think would benefit from these messages. And now it's time to get out there and do life better.